Welcome back, guys, to the Full Crippled Sports Show. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode. Welcome to a back-to-back episode. Now, <laughs> I wasn't thinking of doing a double upload, but I was like, you know what? Um, there's so much stuff to talk about. There's so much that happened yesterday, March 15th. And um, I have one thing from today so far that I've only heard of. Um... So I have one thing for today, and then the rest of it was from yesterday. But there was like 19 or 20 different things that happened yesterday. So it's, yeah, it there's a lot to get into. Uh, let's not waste any more time. And let's, yeah, get right into today's episode, because this is going to take a while. So first thing here out of everything so far, the first thing here is... This was now this is from today. This is the one thing that had to go from today. Hunter Henry and the Patriots have agreed to a three year, $37.5 million deal. Now, New England, let's just say they went absolutely crazy this off this free agency period. They are just going ham. They are going off. So I mean, I'm sure you guys have probably already heard about, you know, what they all who they all went for and stuff, but um you guys will hear about those guys later on, but this is um, the first guy I'm going to talk about, Hunter Henry, $37.5 million over th- on a three-year deal. Lacking high-quality receivers last season, I do agree. Not even just last season, the last couple of years. Hitting that spot as hard as any team this far in free agency, did, you know, since they really, really lacked it. Signed former Chargers tight end Hunter Henry to a three-year, $37.5 million deal that includes $25 million guaranteed. Uh, Ian Rappaport has reported about it. ESPN first reported the news. And I cannot talk about everything else because they are in this episode. But just know that Hunter Henry, now a Patriot. And then you have the Broncos. Oh, I guess this is also including today, too. I forgot about this. This is also from today, so... I believe this is the last thing of today. Yes, so these are the only two things of today that came out today so far, and that's the Broncos, that's the Hunter Henry, and then the Broncos picking up Von Miller's option. Von Miller's option on his quarterback. He will be playing on $18 million in 2021. And I think guys like Von Miller do deserve it. I really do. He's just given everything to this Denver team. You know, his entire livelihood, his entire career, his entire... He's putting everything on the line to be on this Bronco team. And I, I genuinely think he enjoys it, you know, in Denver. I really I really think he does. But um, to see Von Miller sh- kind of shake things up here in the next couple seasons, I wouldn't be very surprised. He's been on Denver for so long. I wouldn't be surprised if they want to go, you know, if they, if, if they decide to split ways soon. If they decide to part ways, then I wouldn't be very surprised next year or so. I, w- I wouldn't be shocked. Um, but yeah, so exercise the $7 million guaranteed option for, uh, for Von Miller, the Broncos did. It will be playing on an $18 million salary for 2021. Ian Rappaport and James Palmer of NFL Network both reported. Mike. Oh, okay. That's something else, my bad. 
saw the Broncos had until Tuesday to exercise the option as it's some sort of as it's a, a deadline for if a player has a con if a player has a whether a team or a player option on their contracts it has to be there's some sort of deadline set and that's this Tuesday had until Tuesday to exercise exercise the option so actually today is Tuesday well Broncos had until Tuesday today is Tuesday is that today or is this or is this for next Tuesday they didn't really say I'm assuming it probably means today because of this being the free agency period. So I'm assu- based on that, I'm going to assume it's today. But a uh, new Denver general manager, George Pat- uh, George Patton, said earlier this month that the club wanted Miller back in 21. Um, where am I? Where am I at? Oh, okay. The next question they had to answer, though, was if they wanted to be on the $18 million deal or just an extension that could lower his cap hit this season. So they knew they wanted him. Question was on what, on what, on what, so on what kind of, the, the, the real question was, is what kind of, what route were they going to take? What, what lengths were they willing to take? What, what lengths were they willing to go to? To take to keep them, were they willing to go the route of eighteen million, or were they rather go to the route of just trying to make an extension, but also lower his hit? Because either one, I think either one kind of benefits you in a way because eighteen million dollar benefits you because you know that he's going to stick around and you know that he's a loyal person to this team. But then the extension also means that you could be benefiting your own team by yourself by saving money out of it, but they didn't go that route. Now, now the only reason why this is risky is the only reason why this $18 million is risky because he is, because now the question Denver has to answer is, is he going to be healthy? Now, Remember, in 2020, ankle foot injuries pretty much kind of lingered all year, basically. And now, is he worth to try and keep around? Yes, I think he is. I think he still plays at a very, very elite level. He is still someone that you want to try to keep around and that you, I think you take the risk for. And also considering that we're now in the offseason, he, he now has time to kind of let that, you know, kind of let that heal. But yeah, returning back to form was going to be a big thing to keep an eye on. So, Super Bowl, former Super Bowl MVP in Von Miller has 106 career total sacks, has a total of 106 career sacks, three first, three first team all pro nods and eight pro bowls. At least 15 games the six seasons before missing all of last year. Sorry, I missed all of last year, like I said. So, you know, so the biggest question is, is he going to come back to form? Is he going to come back to regular form? Missed the whole year, like I said. So, you know, it's really, really crucial to, you know, to really get you know, to really let him rest and then to kind of start, 
you know, for him to kind of start doing all this training and rehab and stuff when as soon as possible to, you know, get it, you know, to keep, to keep rehabbing it and then to also keep, you know, practicing on it as well and keep, just keep trying to get better and trying to stay conditioned. So it's always a, a really big thing. But, um, then you have Ryan Fitzpatrick next year. He's going to Washington on a one-year, $10 million deal. I almost said $100 million. $10 million deal. Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yes, he does. Moves again. Moving to yet another team going to Washington this time. Washington and Ryan Fitzpatrick have both agreed to a deal to send to send him to Washington on a one-year deal for $10 million with a $12 million max. Tom Pelosiro has reported, ESPN also first reports the news, Fitzpatrick is set to play for his ninth NFL team as he needs as he heads into his 17th NFL season. The 38-year-old Ryan Fitzpatrick will move on from Miami, where he began 2020 as a starter, then took a backseat to Ricky Tuatago Viola. Though he made a share of relief appearances, Fitzpatrick spent his last two seasons with the Dolphins, and now extends a career that commenced when he was taken into the seventh round by the St. Louis Rams in 05. In Washington, Fitzpatrick will join Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen and head coach Ron Rivera's quarterback room, but the signing points to the veteran being the starting favorite for the reigning NFC East champions. Now, I know um, a couple episodes ago, I know how I talked about Taylor Heineke. I'd love to see him become the starter and all this stuff after the Alex Smith news. I did kind of say in that episode that it would be really cool to see him be the starter. Now, in the back of my mind, though, I was also thinking that they might take another quarterback. Um, Although I was hoping to see Taylor Heineke, he, you know, you really can't just toss him in there after a couple decent games. You know, obviously that shows you a lot, but I mean, like, obviously getting veteran Getting a veteran presence in there, such as Rand Fitzpatrick, who really does know what he's doing, it's good for Taylor Heineke. Obviously, you expect Taylor Heineke to be the number two, you know, the number two string quarterback, and Kyle Allen, obviously the third. So, yeah, Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick will definitely be looking to see Taylor Heineke getting a lot of getting a lot of advice from Fitzpatrick because he really knows what he's doing. So. It's a it's I, I say this is a good move. I, I like it. Um yeah, you don't want to just toss Taylor Heineke in there and you know, obviously if he's not ready yet, they didn't have obviously last season they didn't have much of a choice, so they, they had to do it, but in this case they don't. In this case they didn't have to do that, so Washington's offense had a couple Wipeouts through the you know throughout the 2020 campaign ended in the playoffs thanks to being housed in the hapless NFC East. The football team was a winner with the veteran Alex Smith under center, and we'll get another veteran presence at the most important position with Smith moving on. Now, I did say though that I am happy to see that if if Taylor Heineke isn't a starter and they go after another quarterback, I did say that. You know, I believe that they'll be going after a guy that's, that's a, a pocket quarterback, and that's exactly what Ryan Fitzpatrick is. I, I really like, and that's another big reason why I like the signing. I think that they are definitely made to be a pocket quarterback team. Like I've been saying all this past season, they're made to be a pocket quarterback team. They're not made 
they're not meant to have a running quarterback. That's not their offense. They have to have a quarter. They have to have a pocket quarterback, and that's exactly what Ryan Fitzpatrick is. Is he going to be do as good as Alex Smith? I'd love to see them make it back to this position that they were in 2020. I'd love to see them back in the same position as they were. I'd love to see them possibly go further. I, I just I, I love to I would love to see them consistently make the playoffs now. And can that continue with Ryan Fitzpatrick? I think it can. I mean, what we saw with Fitzmagic, you know, when we were calling Fitzmagic, I think he can do that again, like he did with the Dolphins. I really, I really do. I think that he can be that good again. Um, and last season, the nine games worth of action, Fitzpatrick threw for two thousand ninety-one yards. That's two hundred thirty-two per game. Thirteen touchdowns and eight picks, along with a pair of scores and one hundred fifty-one yards on the ground. And yes, the nice thing about Fitzpatrick too is he can run, but he's a pocket quarterback. He's a pocket quarterback, but he will run. And so it's not a deal to see him run because I mean he isn't he isn't like freaking he can't run like uh who am I trying to think of? He can't run like Lamar Jackson or anyone like that, but he can run, but he's a pocket. So it's nice to have that when you need it, but um, to know that you have a little bit of both in him is really nice to see, and I'm sure pretty fitting for Washington. So I'm, I'm sure that they are willing to take whatever they can get out of that. So, oh, also, I forgot to say this in the beginning. I'm going to have all my social media links down below. Let me know what you guys think about today's episode. Let me know what you guys think about all of these deals that are going on and if you guys like them or not, because so far I do. And then next you have um, So, wait, what the heck? Hold on. I thought, did I just, what the heck? Oh, hold up. I don't know what the heck just happened. Anyway, I think I'm, okay. I thought I just messed something up. We're good. Okay. I thought I messed something up. Anyway, my, sorry about that, guys. So, anyway, moving on. Former Saints defensive end Trey Hendrickson is signing with the Bengals for four years on $60 million. So, um, Bengals signing again, signing Hendrickson to a four-year $60 million deal after a breakout season as defensive end. Has $32 million across the first two years. And uh, NFL Network's Tom Pelissero and Ian Rappaport have both reported Monday. Hendrickson's deal was one one of Hendrickson's deal was one of my raid on Monday. My raid on Monday involving top flight pass rushers earning big dollars, including former Bengals. Uh I think I'm gonna be talking about these later. 
I can't be talking about those. So Hendrickson heads to the Bengals and the AFC North after playing his four after his after playing his first four seasons in New Orleans, where he made the most of his first campaign as a starter in 2020. Hendrickson had 13 and a half sacks and 25 quarterback hits for the NFC South champions. Hendrickson and the Bengals are hoping to see continued productivity out of the pass rusher as he begins a new chapter, and Cincinnati looks to make a move up and out of the AFC North cellar as the Joe Burrow, Joe, Joe Burrow era is underway. And that's all there is on there because everything else is just kind of talking about all the other signings that I'm going to talk about, so I don't want to spoil them yet and talk about them right away. And then you have quarterback Jameis Winston, who you guys have heard resetting with the Saints shortly after the Drew Brees retirement uh, came out, after Drew Brees officially retired. So again, after the Drew Brees announcement of his retirement, the Saints are now bringing back their next potential starting quarterback in Jameis Winston, resetting with the Saints. Ian Rappaport has reported that Winston's return to New Orleans comes on a one-year deal with a base value of $5.5 million worth more to earn through incentives. Tom Pelosero did report that. Details on Winston's new contract include a $4.5 million signing bonus, $1 million guaranteed base salary, and up to $7 million worth in incentives and two avoidable years for cap purposes. According to Pelosero, Winston's one-year deal is set at $5.5 million and has a maximum of $12.5 million. Winston's cap number for 21 will be just under $2.5 million under the assumption his incentives based on playing time, wins, playoff wins, and a variety of stats are all classified as, quote, not likely to be earned, end quote. So, yes, and I think that this Jameis Winston deal, you know, I, I think that, you know, it's big numbers. It really is. Obviously, these are numbers. You don't look at these numbers and say he's going to be a backup. You don't look at these numbers and say he isn't going to start. Obviously, these are these are starting quarterback numbers, and if you're a fan of football and if you know football, you know that these are numbers that you get if you when you start. And um, yeah, I don't I don't think I I don't think I mind it. You know, you have a guy in Jameis Winston who got to learn underneath Drew Brees for you know that year for this past season. You got to learn underneath Drew Brees, one of the best to ever do it. You have Jameis Winston, who already knows the playbook. He knows it just as well as Drew Brees did. He knows the offense. He knows the team. He's not new. And he could be your next starting quarterback. So I, I think that these are definitely starting, starting, uh, you know, starting quarterback numbers. And obviously, I do think it's going to happen because, and and you know, when you look at the quarterback pool in the free agency market currently there really isn't that many guys and I can't think of everyone at the top of my head but um I know that there was well a lot of some of the guys are still off the board already and I can't think of everyone at the top of my head but it's not a very good quarterback pool when it comes to the free agency market and so when you look at guys like Winston and all these other guys, you got to assume that, you know, these, you know, that if you have some of these guys, they're probably going to be your best bet. Like 
Like the Saints already had Winston. The Patriots already had Newton. It wouldn't make sense for teams like them to actually to get rid of the guys that they already that already know the offense to go get a guy that still has to learn it and probably not as good. You know, whereas guys like James Winston, Cam Newton, they already both know their respective offenses. They've both been on the team already. And you know that they can both start. So it's a little bit of both there, and you got to look at it from both angles. And I do believe the Saints – do I think they're going to be as competitive? I would like to see them be competitive still. I Do I think they're going to? What's the, what's the um, most realistic answer? It really depends on how what kind of Jameis Winston we see. You know, if we don't see a very hot Jameis Winston, unless we see any different of a Jameis Winston than I saw in Tampa Bay, then I, I think that, you know, if we see the Jameis Winston we saw in Tampa Bay, then the Saints are fucked. The Saints are screwed. Do we see a different Jameis Winston now that he learned Drew Brees? Yeah, I, I, I really have to see because I haven't seen Jameis Winston start, you know. I haven't seen him start since then, so I don't know what we're you know, I don't know what side of him we're gonna see. Obviously we didn't see him at all this past season, so I don't really know. I really don't know. Um it it it, it really just so if you were to ask me what kind of success I see out of coming out of New Orleans, I would my my answer would have to say would have to be what come you know what set of Jameis Winston are we going to see? Because essentially, essentially the way their season goes is how Jameis Winston plays, right? He's the quarterback. He's the main guy controlling that offense. So it really just depends on, I believe, Jameis Winston. But uh, let me know what you guys think about that and what you guys, yeah, just what you guys think. So next thing here. As Jets and defensive end Carl Lawson have both agreed to terms on a three-year, $45 million contract. So defensive end Carl Lawson's departure from Cincinnati has turned into the most lucrative exit. Lawson and New York have both agreed to terms on a three-year, $45 million deal with $30 million guaranteed in guaranteed money. Ian Rappaport and Ian Rappaport has reported that has reported on Monday that Lawson can earn a max of $47.4 million following four seasons with the Bengals, who selected him in the fourth round of 2017. Lawson hit the market as the number five free agent and number four pass rusher in Greg Rosenthal's top 100 free agents of 21 and has hit upon, and has hit upon a huge payday in Gotham. Lawson, who is now 25, recorded 20 sacks over four seasons with the Bengals, including five and a half last season, but his talents go beyond those numbers as a 64 pressures were fourth in the NFL, according to the pro football focus. Lawson also wrecked havoc to the tune of 22 and 32 quarterback hits in each of the last two seasons, respectively. His addition should immediately improve a Jets pass rush that was led last season by Quinn and Williams, seven sacks. New York has long desired a prototypical edge presence, and Lawson was looking to get paid as such. As of Monday, both parties got what they were searching for. So this makes the Jets just a little bit more scary, you know, especially after getting rid of, you know, after getting rid of Jamal or 
after getting rid of Jamal Adams, you know, after they select him and, you know, a, you know, a, a, um, a, just a crazy, crazy fast, scary, you know, edge rusher. And then they go out and trade him away. And, you know, it's, since then, I just feel like they haven't really had that edge anymore. And, you know, because obviously Jamal Adams brought that for the Jets. And so this will be their first attempt at getting that back. And hopefully they can bring that back because that was such a scary thing to see. But obviously, when you only had a guy like Jamal Will or Jamal Adams, only one guy, it's a little bit easier to stop when you only have to really worry about one huge threat instead of a couple of huge threats. So hopefully Carl Lawson can kind of bring that to the team and kind of kind of bring it because they're going to look a little bit scared. I have a feeling they're going to be looking to have some revenge because of, you know, the season they had. It's not looking it wasn't it wasn't looking too nice. So they're going to be, you know, they're going to be wanting some revenge and they're going to be out to uh, they're going to be able to be hurting some teams. And next thing here is the Titans are signing former Steelers pass rusher Bud Dupree to a five-year, $85 million deal. Tennessee Titans are signing former Steelers Eds rusher Bud Dupree. NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero have both reported Dupree's deal is for five years at $16.5 million per season with a max of $85 million and $35 million guaranteed. Big payday for Dupree, who is now who is 28, coming off a final season with the Steelers, in which he played under the franchise tag before he was lost for the remainder of the year with a torn ACL, which also probably played into him leaving as well. They just didn't want to take that risk. Prior to his injury, Dupree had eight sacks in 11 games. Those numbers came after a career-high 11.5 sacks in 2019. Heading into Monday, Dupree was tabbed as the number three free agent in Greg Rosenthal's list. And is getting paid also as such. A 2015 first rounder, Dupree was surrounded by fellow top round talent in Pittsburgh, but will now take on a lead role of turning around a Titans defense that was subpar last season. He will have some help though, as the Titans are also sending former. Oh, oh, I don't think I'm talking about this. Former Colts defensive lineman Danico Autry to a three-year deal worth 21 and a half million dollars. Pelissero and Rappaport both reported about this. Having produced just 25 sacks in 2020, the Titans sorely needed a burst off the edge, and Dupree fills that need provided he can bounce back from his injury. And, uh, yeah, the Titans' defense did kind of – I, I kind of noticed it took a little bit of a hit this past season, just a little bit of a dip. Um, You know, and then losing a couple key defensive guys and Malcolm Butler and – you know, all these other guys, and so it's, it, it kind of hurts them a little bit, but to see them kind of fight back just a little bit is is nice to see, but hey, guys, what we're going to do is we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back and finish this episode out, so yeah, we'll be back. All right, guys, welcome back from the break, so we just got done talking about, uh, we just got done talking about Bud Dupree. Going to the Titans, going to the Titans, the first team other than the Steelers that he'll be playing for after playing his very final year in Pittsburgh. 
Again, now going to Tennessee. Just got done talking about that just before the break. So, yeah, again, welcome. And here is the next thing. So, former tight, uh, former Titans wide receiver now, Corey Davis, is heading to the Jets on a three-year, $37.5 million deal. So, I really, I, I really knew that the Jets were going to be, you know, really be pounding it out here. They, I knew that they weren't going to be playing around. They, they, they took a, a, a lot of embarrassment this this past season so they're going to be looking for a little bit of revenge i feel like and this is a good way to do it by going out and getting Corey davis who hauled in the best season of his career in 2020 with the tennessee titans and the new york jets are banging are banking on that production continuing i mean they also don't have a whole lot of vote they also don't have a whole hell of a lot of other stuff to really bank on so this is probably the best thing that this is probably the safest way to do so so Corey Davis departing Tennessee and heading for the Big Apple as the fifth overall pick of the 2017 draft, and the Jets have agreed to terms on a three-year deal for $37.5 million. Ian Rappaport has reported. ESPN, of course, first reported the news. Uh, sorry about that. So Davis's new contract with the Jets includes $27 million in fully guaranteed money. Uh, Tom Pelissero did report. In 2020, Corey Davis, who is 26, formed an impressive, though somewhat overlooked, tandem with A.J. Brown in the receiving core for the Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill with the departure of Davis and tight end John Smith, along with offensive coordinator Arthur Smith. The Titans' offense will most certainly look different in 21. Not, yeah, not having a lot of those guys that they've had for the past couple of years, so it's going to be a lot different of a team. Hopefully they can still stay, stay dominant because – I, I, I like it when they're an aggressive team and when they are always, you know, when they make the playoffs because they play really well. So the New York Jets obviously banking on and hoping for Corey Davis to kind of bring kind of to kind of bring them the domination that he has been bringing with the Titans after he turned in career highs for 65 catches for 984 yards and five touchdowns last season. All those numbers would have led to a beleaguered Jets receiving core in 2020. On Greg Rosenthal's list of 101 free agents, Corey Davis landed at number 21 and is now off the board and bound for New York. So that's great to see, man. I'm happy that the Jets are making deals. I'm happy that they're doing stuff, but I'm also scared because these guys are going to New York and the Patriots have to play them twice a year. So, but if they, I really don't think they're going to have two wins next year. Um, like I said, I really think they'll be making a huge splash this off season and they'll be having a big off season. I really don't think they're, I think they're going to be doing a lot better next season because it's not fun to see the Jets just only have two wins. It, it, it's fun to see them just compete a little bit. So I hope if for that reason, I hope they get a couple more wins than that. But next up here is Leonard Floyd has agreed to a four-year deal worth up to $64 million to stay with the Rams. So Leonard Floyd's change of scenery did him plenty of good in 2020, being paid accordingly. Edge rusher has agreed to terms on a four-year deal to remain with the Rams. The team announced Monday. Andy Rappaport reported Floyd's new deal with Los Angeles is worth $16 million per year, meaning he'll be paid $64 million over the course of the contract. 
Floyd was largely overwhelming during his time with the Bears, who spent the ninth overall pick of the 16 draft on him, but never saw the return they anticipated, declining his fifth-year option and allowing him to walk over, walk west after the 2019 season. The Rams ended up ecstatic that the Bears let him go because Floyd turned into an edge-rushing edge monster in his first season in Los Angeles, recording a career-high 10.5 sacks, 5.5 tackles, 11 for loss, and a forced fumble in 16 games, helping the Rams to a number one finish in in yards allowed per game and a number two ranking sacks with 53. Floyd's breakout year landed him 24th in Greg's and Greg Rosenthal's top 101 free agents list, with Rosenthal calling Floyd a quote relatively safe pickup, end quote. So that is great to see. Yeah, I think he's a good a good. You know, a good guy to invest in as well. Obviously, huge off that line. Makes a lot of great plays real, real quick. And, um, yeah, definitely under, you know, I think he's definitely under underrated as well. I really think that he, he should be getting a lot more attention than he, than he gets. Obviously, a, a key player to have. And it's great to see him get paid like he is one because he deserves that kind of attention. And the next thing here is the Buccaneers are bringing back Rob Gronkowski for a one on a one year ten million dollar deal. Now the only thing I want to say about this Gronk deal is they bring him back for a year. Does this mean that they're not as see? Like I don't know. As a part of me wants to believe that they're not really all sold on him. You know, not really sold on having them that much. It's just because of Tom Brady, and they want to keep Brady happy. So it's hard to say what they're really looking for here. I mean, I don't really know. It's Again, it's really hard to say. So I don't know if it means that they don't want to have Gronkowski next, you know, this after this upcoming year or what, you know, I, I don't know. Anyway. So the star tight end is running it back with the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a one-year deal worth up to $10 million. I mean, with a $10 million deal, you could have got a couple of years out of them. You could have got like three years out of $10 million, but hey, I don't know. And Ian Rappaport has reported Monday via Gronkowski's agent, Drew Rosenhaus. The contract is for $8 million with the potential to earn $10 million due to incentives. Tom Pelissero has added, following a retirement that lasted for just the 2019 season, Gronkowski resumed his NFL career by joining longtime Patriot teammate Tom Brady with the Bucks and route to winning, of course, Super Bowl 55. Since the team's defeat of the Chiefs, Gronkowski, is now, who is now 31, made it known he was planning to return, that he wanted it to be with the Bucks, and most recently telling Good Morning Football's Kyle Brandt that he would be, quote, one-year deal guy for the rest of for the rest of my career, end quote. All those things have come to fruition. Okay, so I did not hear about that. That makes a little bit more sense than that he wants to be a one-year deal guy. That makes a little bit more sense. So, again, Rob Gronkowski returned with Tom Brady to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Gronkowski landed at number 43 on Greg Rosenthal's top 101 free agents of 21. And, obviously, it's a little bit different for the Buccaneers because they want to just try to keep their pieces together from the Super Bowl winning team. So it's a little bit easier for them to, it's a little bit more of a low risk for them to want to keep Gronkowski alone just because of that fact. And that, and you really don't have much to lose when it comes to Gronk. 
he's just the type of player where you could pay him anyway, and it's like he's just he's too good to pass up, but then he's also got injuries too. So I mean but I mean with the with the with the whole thing that he's been doing when he was taking a break from football, that's definitely helped him because he did play all sixteen games this past season, something we haven't seen done in a very long time. And obviously the last time was with New England. So it's great to see him. It's great to see him play a whole year. He really does deserve it. It's it's really so. Congrats to you, Gronk, for getting this deal done and and you know playing a whole year because it it is tough for him to do. Obviously, he's such a big player that it's so hard to just bring him down. Normally, you have to go down for the legs, and that's where he's been getting all of his knee surgeries and leg surgeries and just everything. So, again, congrats to you, Gronk, and I'm happy to see you. I'm happy to see you getting what you want. So I'm getting what you need. So going back to Gronkowski, though, here, these are his numbers, producing 45 catches for 623 yards and seven touchdowns. In the Super Bowl, the future Hall of Famer showcased the clutch play that's been a hallmark of his career as he hauled in a pair of touchdowns from Tom Brady. Yes, a whole two of them. Um, not saying that in a bad way either. It was really two of them. It was fucking, it was great to see, you know, it was, it's something that you just you're happy to see after he took a whole break off. It's just so nice to see him be able to go out there and really show that he can still play because he got a lot of hate and a lot of criticism for really not being there in 2019. You know, really not really not showing up and being a whole. You know, it's being such an impact, and in the Super Bowl, he really showed that he can still be one. But, um, yeah, so again, not too much else there. That's about it. Next thing here is the Patriots also agreed to terms with wide receiver Nelson Aguilar on a two-year, $26 million deal. So this is coming after. So his career up to this point plays a couple of years in, plays a couple of years in Philly. At the top of my head, I can't exactly remember how many. I believe it was probably about three to four, maybe, I think. Something like that. And then a season with Las Vegas and now and then goes into free agency this year and now being picked up by Patriots. So it took over six hours, but the wide receiver market finally popped. New England New England Patriots have agreed to terms with Nelson Aguilar from NFL Network Insider Ian Rappaport. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, like I've been talking about, Greg Rosenthal's list. Nelson Aguilar, no different, landing number 44 on his free agent list. Spent the 2020 season in Las Vegas, where he ascended as a surprisingly important contributor to the Raiders' offense, catching 48 passes for 896 yards and eight touchdowns, with Tyrell Williams missing the entire season and rookie Henry Ruggs III taking a slower path to production. Aguilar stepped up, stepped in to take advantage of the opportunity now. His numbers aren't going to wow you, but I believe that he is still an incredible player. I think that he can still, you know, I think he could still produce. Obviously, his numbers, you know, where where were the numbers at? 48 passes for 896 yards. Obviously, that's still a lot, but I mean, for a NFL receiver, that is that is low. I think he could still produce more, though. And I, I really do. 
And how much he produces ultimately depends on his offense, too. Like, ultimately depends on not how well he fits in it, but how much he really sees the ball. Because if, you know, every team's different when it comes to offense. So he may see less in New England. He may even see more. It's really just honestly hard to say. I'm expecting him to probably see more, especially because Nelson Aguilar is going to be joining a team, a New England team that, quite frankly, really hasn't seen the deep ball much since they had Brandon Cooks, you know, in 2017. They haven't really seen, and then they let go, you know, then obviously they let go of Chris H- Chris Hogan, almost said Hogan. They let go of Chris Hogan, who would have been their next guy after Brandon Cooks, and so then remember when we, when we brought in Brandon Cooks and, and, you know, Chris Hogan, you had them both as a duo. It was, it was a crazy good duo, and uh, I could see that happening here. And so for the Patriots, this is a really good pickup because obviously they haven't had a deep threat since these guys, and so they've just been desperately needing it. And Nelson Aguilar isn't necessarily a bad guy, a, a bad player to start out with. He isn't bad at all. A really good pickup, actually, and you could get them cheap. Um, obviously, you want to pay them like they're you want to pay them for their. You know, obviously, though, you want to pay them for what they're worth at the time. Obviously, you probably could get them cheaper, but New England doesn't want to take any chances because of they're off the type of offense they've had. You don't want to take a risk at. You know, you don't want to take a risk at losing them by trying to get them cheap. I'm sure if these two years are up, I'm sure Belichick might try to get them for a little bit cheaper then. But I, I think this is the cheapest deal that he actually came out with making. So this is considered to be cheap. But yeah, so there is that. Oh, wait, I wanted to read this off. So these are going to be the guys that Nelson Aguilar will be joining. will be including the likes of Jacoby Myers, Demir Bird along much more notable Julian Edelman. And then they also fit in with Nikhil Harry, who they are potentially looking at. I guess teams are looking, and he's getting some trade interest from teams. Nikhil Harry is. So if he stays, I really don't know. And then you also have Cam Newton, who is a potential trick play trick play player. Um, and then you had some other guys that I cannot talk about yet, but just know that they are coming up. And then let's see here. Where am I at? I completely lost where I'm at. Okay. Right here. Okay. So. Again, joining all those guys, but can't talk about the rest of them. And then, so we're just going to move on until I talk about those other guys, and we'll talk about it some more. Next up here is former Pro Bowl pass rusher Yannick Gaku is agreeing to a two-year. How do you say his last name? Is it, it ain't Gaku like I always used to say. Gakuye? Yannick Gakuye? I'm just going to say Gakuye because it makes the most sense to me. I don't know. <clears throat> but a two-year, $26 million deal with the Raiders. So Yannick's Nomadic 2020 is extended to 21. Finally found a new home after spending last calendar year as a Jaguar, then a Viking, and finally a Raven. 
Gakuye has agreed to terms on a two-year, $26 million contract with the Raiders. NFL Network insider Ian Rapport has reported Monday the deal will see Gakuye get $21 million fully guaranteed and $5 million that rolls to full next that rolls to full next March. Tom Pelosero also added. Around the time around this time a year ago, Gay Couillet was a recent recipient of the franchise tag placed on him by the Jaguars, a team for whom Gakuye no longer wanted to play. Eventually forced his way out via public corralling with Jaguars brass, landing in Minnesota where he failed to make an impact before the Vikings shipped him to Baltimore. Gakuye reached eight sacks in a, in a 15 games played between the Vikings and Ravens in 2020, but by the time it was over, it was clear he needed a fresh start elsewhere again. Las Vegas provides the opportunity for Gakuye, who will reunite with his former Jaguars head coach, Gus Bradley, which is also probably another reason why he ended up in Las Vegas. The Raiders recently hired defensive coordinator Gakuye, uh, hired defensive coordinator Gakuye played under Bradley as a rookie in Jacksonville and recorded eight sacks, four forced fumbles, and 23 tackles in his first season before making the leap in year two without Bradley, who had been fired, racking up 12 sacks and route to his first and only Pro Bowl appearance. Uh, so there is that. And then next up here, we have the Broncos, who are keeping defensive lineman Shelby Harris on a three-year deal. 20, on a three-year, $27 million deal, adding also also adding cornerback Ronald Darby. I don't know if they're going to talk about that, but it's in the headlines, so I don't know. So Shelby Harris returning to this Denver team on a three-year, $27 million deal. In report has reported, reported, excuse me, the contract includes $15 million in guaranteed money. Mike Garofalo reported as well. The team later confirmed the deal. Also, a 3-4 defensive end who is essentially an interior lineman. Harris has been a mainstay in Denver as, solid de- as a solid defender. As one of, as often the case with the Trench Warriors, Harris doesn't get a ton of attention, but it hasn't affected his play. Harris finished the 2020 season with an eighth-best eighth interior defender in the entire league pro, per pro football focus, landing among the likes of DeForest Buckner, Cameron Hayward, and David Onyemeda. Greg Rosenthal listed Harris on his list at the 27th best free agent available among his top 101 players for new contracts. So very, very, very good landing for uh, Harris here as out of 100 play, 101 players, that's 20 to be 27th is really good. So again, adding a key phrase to describe his standing, if you know, you know, Denver knows and they know well enough to want to keep Harris around because he's going to do some damage. And you best believe that he's gonna do some damage. Staying with this Denver team. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna show every other team why he got that deal. I just I know it. And then you also have also Ronald Darby, I said in the and I said in the headlines, he now shows up here. They put decided to put him, mix him in in the same article. So not just look at the own roster for new contract negotiations Monday. Broncos also agreed to a terms on a three-year deal for up to $30 million with cornerback Reynold Darby. The contract includes $19.5 million in fully guaranteed money. Rappaport added, proving Darby's one-year stay in Washington was worth it. Coming off the season in which Darby finished 28th in defensive grade among all corners. 
The defensive back brings value with him to a Denver defense that could use a veteran presence in its secondary. Though he didn't land on Greg Rosenthal's top 101 free agents list, Darby has the potential to make a difference for the Broncos. <clears throat> At $10 million per season, he better be a contributor. So, yeah, I think Ronald Darby's definitely also underappreciated going back to when they talked about, you know, him not even landing on this list. And yeah, I think him being a good veteran presence in the Denver secondary, something that they need, I feel like it's something that may boost that defense and uh, and may bring out a little spark in that. De- it may bring out a little bit, a little bit of a spark in that team, and hopefully, kind of bring it alive. And you know, we'll we'll see what they can we'll see what they can do with it because I I would love to see them. You know, I, I would love to see them actually do something with it and. Um, yeah, potentially do some damage because it could get a little bit scary. I'm not going to lie. It really could. But, uh, yeah, so next up here is the Chargers to make all-pro corner. Uh, I can't speak today. Chargers planning to make all-pro Corey Lindsley, highest paid center in the league. So I don't know if this is – don't know if this is confirmed or not. Justin Herbert getting a new center, and it's a good one as they are – Oh, okay, they did agree, as they've agreed to a, a five-year, $62.5 million deal with the All-Pro Senator Corey Lindsley, the former Paco. Oh, my God, I can't speak. With a $62.5 million deal with an All-Pro Senator Corey Lindsley, the former Packer, Temp, Tom Pelissero and Mike Garofalo both reported, per sources informed of the situation, the contract will pay Lindsley $26 million over his first two years, with the with the new team, after spending his first seven years in Green Bay, Lindsley is cashing in with his lucrative deal at 29 years old. Something that was seen coming in the final in the final week spent in Green Bay, where the Packers simply couldn't afford to keep him. Money well spent for a center who has the best in the NFL in 2020, finishing with the top offensive grade at the position pro, per Pro Football Focus to go along with his first career All Pro honor. Lindsley becomes the highest-paid center in the NFL, edging out Colts center Ryan Kelly, who was at $12.412 million per year with his new average annual round, annual value of $12.5 million. Los Angeles is adding the number 10 free agent on Greg Rosenthal's top 100 list in Lindsley, who has started all 99 games in which he's appeared in his professional career. Despite turning 30 in July, the Chargers are opening the cough, uh, opening the coffers for one of the game's most important positions less than a year after discovering they, dra- they drafted their franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. So obviously when you look at Justin Herbert as a potential franchise quarterback, and I've seen him play, I think he can really do some damage in this league. Obviously that's going to want to – obviously you're going to want to come with that. You're going to want to have a good center with them to protect Justin Herbert and who better than Corey Lindsley. So that is great to see. Next thing here is former Rams safety. John Johnson is signing with the Browns on a three-year $33.75 million deal. So one of the game's most promising young safeties is setting forth for Cleveland. Former Los Angeles Rams safety John Johnson is signing with the Cleveland Browns on a three-year deal for $33.75 million. Mike Garofalo has reported Johnson will be getting $24 million in guaranteed money, Garofalo also included. 
2017 draft third round pick by the Rams. Johnson has been a starter since his rookie year and was a vital part of an LA defense that finished 2020 with the number one ranked squad in the league, racked up 105 total tackles and 16 starts last season, so played all 16 games, and was the number 23 available player on Greg Rosenthal's list. He'll join Grant Delpit, who's coming off a season-ending injury, and Ronnie Harrison in the Browns' back end. So hopefully they can make a splash together and potentially do some serious damage because they, they could use the help. And obviously this Brown team... Um, I don't know why I just said the Browns. Oh, it's because I just got done talking about them. My bad. So, looking to make a splash. They really are. But, um, yeah, so Johnson, who Garifla noted was one of the Browns' top free agent targets, might not grab the marquee, but the 25-year-old has a burgeoning horizon ahead of him with the plenty of valuable experience behind him, including having played in a Super Bowl for a Cleveland squad looking to bolster its defense, bolster its defense. This is a key signing that portends to an improved defense in a favorable future. So obviously this Brown team looking to do some serious damage because like they did this past season, this could get just a little bit scary. Um, but, um, I guess we could probably talk about one more thing. And here's one more thing before we take a break. Again, Chiefs are signing former Patriots offensive lineman Joe Tooney, long time, long time Patriot offensive lineman Joe Tooney to five-year $80 million deal. I say that because he's been with the Patriots for a long time now. And uh, like everyone else, he's going to have to take a dip out and leave the team. Chiefs reshuffling their offensive line in their first edition as a big piece. Has agreed to a five-year, $80 million deal with guard Joe Tooney. Ian Rapport has reported the contract includes $32.5 million in fully guaranteed money at signing over the first two years, plus an injury guarantee that converts to full in 2022. Tom Pellicero has reported, per a source informed of the deal, Details bring the practical guarantee of the contract of $48 million, well over 50% of the total value of the deal. Pelo Cerro has added, Tooney was in position to cash in on a long-term deal with this like a year ago, but the Patriots didn't even think about risking such an outcome. Franchise taking Tooney to keep him in town this time around. New England is saying goodbye to the top guard on the market, who at 28 years old will move west to protect recent NFL MVP and Patrick Mahomes. And be well compensated to do so. Tooney's new deal will keep him atop of the list of annual salaries for left guards at $16 million per season. Upon learning of the news, Mahomes couldn't contain his excitement with some emojis. Tooney has started every game in his career, playing every snap from 2016 to 2018, which is obviously huge. That's also 90, it's also 99 to 97% of snaps in 2019 and 2020. Ranked 8th on Greg Rosenthal's top 101 free agents list and was the number 10 guard in the entire league last season per per pro football focus. So obviously a huge piece. And um, when you look at those numbers, obviously you wonder why you pay him like that because of the numbers. I would too. But anyway, guys, we are going to take another break and we will finish up the episode. All right, guys, welcome back to the 
show. So we just got done talking a bit. Uh, well, I didn't mean to say show. Welcome back from the break. First of all, let me just say that. We just got done talking about uh, the Chiefs signing a five-year deal with former Patriots guard Joe Tooney. And, uh, yeah, obviously much deserved. So let's move on. And, yeah. So Patriots also signing pass rusher Matthew Judon and defensive back Jalen Mills to four-year deals. So they're going to be talking about them respectively in this article. Patriots missed the playoffs for the first time since 2008 last season, and if their activity at the start of the negotiating window is any indicator, they're not about to hunker down for another year of disappointment. Matt Judon has agreed to a four-year deal with New England worth $56 million. Tom Pelosoa has reported Monday, per a source informed of the deal. The contract includes $32 million over the first two years of the deal. Pelosero added that. New England didn't stop their court, uh, coming into an agreement with Eagles defensive back Jalen Mills on a four-year $24 million deal. Mike Garofalo reported, Judon is landed number nine in Rosen, Greg Rosenthal's top 100 free agents list of 21, played the 2020 season on the franchise tag with the Ravens, the club that selected him in the fifth round of the 2016 draft out of Grand Valley State, and becomes the second big name to leave Baltimore's defense front for a payday with a contending team in the last three years, the other being Zadarius Smith, who departed from Green Bay in 2019, brings with him 35, 34 and a half sacks, career sacks recorded in five seasons, including four straight seasons of six-plus sacks, to go along with 233 tackles, 54 for loss, 102 QB hits, 10 passes defense, 7 forced fumbles in pro, and Pro Bowl appearances in each of his last two campaigns. So obviously some very putting up some very, very big numbers. And you wonder why teams pay these guys. You gotta look at the numbers. It's all about the numbers. Judon rose from unheralded player to key defender with the Ravens, and he's be and he'd be and he's being paid like it one in New England, making an average of fourteen million per year, which is good money, but below the franchise tag number of sixteen point eight million he received in twenty twenty. Mills, meanwhile, comes to New England on a relatively affordable deal at $6 million per year and $9 million guaranteed. Previously seen as a corner, Mills shifted to safety in Philadelphia's 20, in Philadelphia in 2020, occupying a hybrid role to help the Eagles fill the void left by Malcolm Jenkins' departure to the Saints. Mills could assume a similar role with the Patriots, making for a versatile piece in New England's defense, a group that needs help after struggling plenty last season. Yeah, so... And the nice thing with Jalen Mills is he can also, you know, having experience at both, he can play both if he wanted to. Um, and, you know, not only adding Jalen Mills, it's also scary to think that they're also going to add the likes. They're also going to return with the likes of Dante Hightower and Patrick Chung, two, two New England veterans, defensive veterans. And uh, they both landed on the COVID-19 opt-outs because of concerns of the pandemic will bolster also the unit. Yes, it'll help bolster the unit quite a bit, adding Dante, adding adding back Dante Hightower, Patrick Chung, two highly, highly veteran-minded players, uh, getting them back on the team. Obviously, you've been on the team for so long. And uh, then you had guys like Jalen Mills, and um, all these other guys. So it'll be crazy to see. And then you end up keeping, 
I don't know if I can talk about I, I probably, but yeah, so I want to talk about these other guys on this thing, but I, I, I think I'll be talking about them in a minute, so I don't think I can. But, um, yeah, they're, New England is not fucking around this year. That is for sure. They are definitely not. And, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this all goes because I am very, very excited. Next up, though, is Jason Verrett returning to the 49ers on a one-year contract worth up to $5.5 million. So corner Jason Verrett returning to San Francisco for one more year at least. General Manager John Lynch announced the re-signing Monday. Said on Twitter, fired up to have JFIVA2 back with the squad. Congratulations, JV. Jason Verrett. Hey, uh, Ian Rep report has reported it's a one-year deal with up to $5.5 million, which can become $6.5 million with, if Verrett makes the Pro Bowl this season. Obviously a very good player and actually a, essentially just a steal. A very good player and really cheap, too. Ian Rappaport also added that Verrett had a multi-year offer on the table but opted to return to San Francisco on a one-year pact. Verrett was ranked number 31 on Rosenthal's list of top 101 free agents. The former first-round pick's talent is undeniable. It's been health that, that has wallied his, wallied his career from 2015 through 2019. Verrett played in just 26 games, including a missed all of 2018, before playing in 13 games in 2020. The corner had participated in only two games the previous three years. Healthy for most of last season, Verrett proved he'd still, he's still a sticky cover man. Finished with seven passes, defensed in two picks in 13 games, playing a career-high 803 snaps. The 29-year-old allowed a minuscule 76.3 passer rating, allowed 8.9 yards per reception, and gave up just one touchdown. The Niners are betting on Verrett repeating that performance if he remains healthy. The upside is sky-high for the veteran corner who can lock down his side of the field. He'll then hit the open market next year where he could cash if he proves he can stay on the field. San Francisco is poised to lose Richard Sherman in free agency, but keeping Verrett and fellow corner Emmanuel Mosley ensures the building blocks are there in the Niners secondary for a bounce-back 21 campaign. I'd love to see San Francisco also rebound as well because it has been very – just shaky for them. I just it would be cool to see them really just bounce back. Essentially, uh, seeing them so competitive is just like it's just great to watch. It's just great. It's just great for football watching, you know. So it's just it's just, it's just fun. Uh, next thing here is Johnny Smith agreeing to a four-year, fifty million dollar contract with the Patriots. New England shelling out big money. To keep to upgrade their much needed offense, the Pats and former Tennessee Titan tight end John John Smith have agreed to a contract. NFL Network's Mike Giardi reported Monday, per a source informed of the pact, the deal is for four years worth fifty million, including thirty one point twenty five million guaranteed. NFL Network insider Ian Rapport reported the twelve and a half million dollar per year average. Uh, per year average places Smith third among tight ends behind George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. The guaranteed money is a, is tops at the position. Smith was the number 16 available player on the list. The Patriots later agreed to a deal with wide receiver Nelson Aguilar, who I talked about. The pass-catching tight end is a perfect fit in New England and will immediately upgrade at weapons, uh, a weapons-poor unit that surrounded Cam Newton in 2020. That was essentially a disappointing season to watch. 
Johnny Smith, who had four years in Tennessee, compiled 114 catches for 1,302 yards and 16 and 16 touchdowns. The Athletic Dynamo is dominant after the catch, averaging 6.8 yards after the catch over his career. In the past, Patriots coach Bill Belichick has glowed about Smith's talent after the catch by saying, quote, he's great after the catch, probably the best in the league, uh, end quote, said in January of 2020. And also saying, quote, I mean, I can't imagine anyone anyone better than him after the catch, end quote. Yeah, obviously. So in reference to you throw him the ball, he's going upfield. Very good at just picking up those extra yards. Obviously very, very huge when it comes to ball placement on the field. Getting those, knowing that you're knowing that when you get him the ball, you're going to get at least an extra six or seven yards out of him is always very key. And to potentially see him just go off this season, it's going to be really fun to watch. It's going to be fun to see possibly New England just go off again this season because it's very much needed. Um, they they've just been lacking so much recently, and to see them actually wanting to upgrade and I don't know what twenty twenty they didn't have. They really just were lacking so much everywhere because they did not have the pieces. They did. They just simply didn't have the money this past season. In twenty twenty, they did not have the money at all. So Bill Belichick really couldn't afford to, and he needed to keep all the guys that he had to stay at least somewhat competitive. And without without getting rid of guys, it's hard to, you know, it's without getting rid of talent to you know that you don't want to get rid of. It's it's tough, and so. Obviously, this season they they had the money. It's a little bit more of a turnaround for New England for sure, uh, and it's definitely nice to see as a Patriots fan because it, it just it wasn't fun to watch this pet. It was not fun to watch at all. It was very very poor to watch. So I am happy to see that this is going somewhere. Next up here is Rom is Romeo Aquera returning to the Lions on a three year thirty nine million dollar deal. Sorry if I butchered his name there. I. Aquara, Aquara, Romeo Aquara, Aquara, Aquara. I don't really know. In report has reported that the Lions and Romeo Aquara have agreed to terms on a three-year contract with $39 million, per a source informed of the situation. Aquara's deal includes $20 million in fully guaranteed signing. Uh, at signing, $14 million of signing bonus and $26 million over the first two years and another $5 million guaranteed to injury that becomes fully guaranteed next March. Uh, yeah, Tom Palacero has reported about that. A former undrafted free agent with the New York Giants in 16, Aquero was was waived in 2018, landed in Detroit in 19, where his career took off. Aquero exploded in 2020, earning 10 sacks, leading Bad Lions defense. Aquero boasts athleticism and relentlessness off the edge. Was a bright spot in an otherwise lousy pass rush last season. Aquara generated 61 total pressures, fifth most among edge rushers to go along with his 10 sacks. For comparison, the next closest Lions defender, Lions defenders earned 21 pressures. Linebacker Reggie Raglan and four sacks. Everson Griffin. In a stacked edge market, Aquara ranked number 20 in Greg Rosenthal's list. The Lions desperately needed to retain an underrated talent like like Aquara and a defense that sort that sorely lacked playmakers. Resigning Aquara is the first big move for general manager Brad Holmes on a defense that requires a lot of work to remake. 
So that is great to see. Yeah, and again, you got to think why are they why are they paying all the all this money to keep all these guys? Well, look at the numbers. This is what the NFL is is nowadays. You got to look at the numbers. If the numbers are staggering, if the numbers are off the wall, they're, you best believe they're getting paid big money. And a lot of these guys are. Romeo Aquara is definitely underappreciated. And I, I, you know, with a lot of overhyped players in this league nowadays, I, 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 can, I, I can appreciate a guy like Romeo Aquara and just be so happy to know that guys like him are in the league and they, they you know, that, they get appreciated on their respective teams. So it's great to see him getting some success um, and, you know, hopefully continue because I saw him last season making a big splash on that Lions team. So would love to see him continue that and become a huge threat because that Lions team needs it for sure. That pass rush is always needed on every team. It's always key. And then the final thing here is Shaquille Barrett returning to the Buccaneers on a four-year, $72 million deal. So obviously, didn't want to use the franchise tag to keep Shaq Barrett from going anywhere. There's a lot of questions surrounding Shaq Barrett, whether he was going to hit the free agent market or who was going to re-sign with Tampa Bay. Then you get the news that he signs a four-year, $72 million deal to remain with the Bucs. Kind of had a feeling, but you just never really know. Barrett was the number two available player on his free agent list. Barrett followed up a stunning breakout 2019 campaign with similar production in 2020, but did finish with 11.5 fewer sacks than his league-leading 19.5 record in 2019. Unlike 2019, Barrett made his money when it counted most. Yeah, but would you rather have 19.5 recorded in 2019 like you had in 2019? Would you rather continue to put up those numbers and not see the playoffs and potentially a Super Bowl, or would you rather put up 11 and a half? Would you rather put up about, I don't know, about nine and about nine and a half fewer sacks? Would you rather, would you rather lose nine and a half sacks to make it to the playoffs and then win the Super Bowl or would you rather just make the 19 and a half I'd much rather just take nine and a half less you know from going 19 and a half and 11 and a half is still very it's still a lot but obviously but obviously not the 19 and a half but I'd if, if I'm winning a Super Bowl I don't care if I'm making if I'm getting seven and a half I really wouldn't care uh, made his money, though, when it counted the most, the postseason recording four sacks between the NFC Championship game and Super Bowl 55, and then helping Tampa Bay's defense realize its full potential and route to a title. So, this is Shaq Barrett's deal. Kind of just breaking it down. His base, his base will be 17. His base, base, Value is $17 million per year with escalators that can get him to $18 million per year based on 15 sacks and making the postseason rep report reported. And his 21 cap hit stands at just five and uh, $5.6 million at an average annual value of $18 million per season. Barrett's new deal places him outside of the top four highest paid edge rushers. 
in Khalil Mack at 23.5, Demarcus Lawrence at 21 million, Frank Clark at 20.8, Von Miller 19.83, and he lands in a tie with Detroit's Trey Flowers for fifth. Barrett signing completes a trifecta of key players staying in Tampa following the franchise's record uh, second Super Bowl victory in its history following the, in the footsteps of 2021 franchise tag recipient Chris Godwin and veteran linebacker Levante David. Tom Brady's contract extension, which freed up over $19 million in immediate cap space, was also significantly helpful in making the, re- making the retention of the a- aforementioned Buccaneers possible. So, yeah, obviously – you know, heading into this free agency, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers made it really made it vaguely clear that they wanted to keep that Super Bowl team together, and they did. They did so do it. So, I think as long as that they kept that team together, they really didn't care what else happened. Obviously, they little little by little they got each of their guys back, and now have all of their guys back. So, and possibly even add one more guy. Who knows? But, um, yeah, they got what they wanted, and so really that's all that matters. But, hey, guys, that is going to do it for today's episode of the 4 Quiblet Sports Show. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you guys for tuning into this long episode. This is going to be an hour and something minutes long. Uh, it definitely feels like it. And so, again... I'm going to have all my social media links down below. Let me know what you guys thought about today's episode. Let me go. Let me know what you guys' favorite landings were. And, um, yeah, I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts and opinions. Again, I am still looking for guests. So if you guys would, if you guys know anyone that would like to join the show, please let me know. I'm going to have all my social media links down below in the description, as well as, art, as, well as all the articles. But, again, guys, it's been the Full Cripplet Sports Show. Thank you guys so much for being here. Have a great day, and I'll see you guys next time. Thank you.